No, we're continuing this year on the theme of stretching and strengthening, based on Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. And for this month, we're looking at strengthening care in our church, in our lives, and in our church. Last week, we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan, particularly in relation to caring. But today, I want to focus and look at part of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, in which he teaches we're connected together. And such as a requirement, as a responsibility to care, not just for the chosen few to do it, but for us all to care. No, there's a privilege of being part of the church and the local church. But with privileges and all things in life, with privilege comes responsibility. With privilege comes responsibility. And we all need to take responsibility. Privilege is given to us, responsibility we take for the privilege given to us. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I mean, from your living translation, it's a well-known scripture. I'm just going to pick out some points after I've read it. It's good to read the Word of God. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and less important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're part of the body of Christ. We're parts of a partnership. We're part of something bigger than a cell. We're part of a partnership. And Paul explains clearly, we're all different. We all have different gifts, we all have different talents, different abilities, we're all different in many ways. But that's not meant to disconnect us, that's meant to complement us. Being different is not meant to be something which disconnects each one of us, but complement us. And Paul gives some examples, he says, some are Jews, some are Gentiles, or some are Scottish, the rest just want to be Scottish, okay? We're different. Some are capitalists, some are socialists, some are nationalists, some are unionists, some are musical, some are tone deaf. Some are left brain, some are 
Right then, Bryn. Some of your United supporters, the rest don't appreciate football. Okay. There are many other examples we could use, but I just thought that was an appropriate one to use today. The list is endless. And sometimes we have a mindset that because we're part of the one body, we should all think the same, do the same, act the same. It's not true. We are different. The same things don't apply to everyone. That's because we're all different and think and act differently. God has not made a robot. He's made a body. Jesus is making a body, not a robot that just does everything it's told to do by a machine. We're all different. We're parts of a partnership. We're part of the body of Christ. We're purposed to connect to the rest of the body. I appreciate this is very simplistic, but it's profound in many ways. We are part of a body. Body parts cannot function properly unless they're attached to other parts of the body. Let me just say, the only place I've seen body parts working on their own, independent from other parts of the body, were in horror movies. Okay, there's a point in there. There's a point in there. We are not meant to connect out with in connection to other parts of the body. There are many parts, but only one body. You're a part of the body. You're part of a partnership. And for a body to be healthy, it needs all the parts of the body to be healthy and functioning. I.e., the health of the body of Christ in your life depends on your spiritual well-being and my spiritual well-being. We're all in this together. And in the context of care or strengthening, we need to recognize that caring for every part of the body is important. If one part of the body is suffering, then the rest of the body is suffering. If one part suffers, Paul writes, all the other parts suffer with it. And to be honest, in my house, if I'm suffering, Everybody else in that house is suffering. Partly out of concern for me, partly out of my lack of tolerance of my suffering. This actually happened to me on Friday. For the first time in my life, I had attended A&E for my own sake, not for somebody else. I was playing walking football during the day and I got hurt with the ball on my left wrist. What was worse is I was in goal, but the ball went in the net, so I lost a goal. That was painful enough. We did eventually win. But as the day went on, the pain gradually, gradually increased. And the pain became excruciating at times. You know, you get an increasing levels of pain, childbirth, man flu, and then my left wrist on Friday night. Okay? So... After the pain getting excruciating and my body color changing to very white and pale and me feeling sick, NH24 says, get off to A&E. So Kathy graciously took me. Four hours later, I was home. But for them there, but in that time, they, whether it was a nurse or a doctor, making my pain actually worse by what they were doing, okay, and pulling, pushing, x-raying, all the rest of it. And the worst part, the most painful part, was trying to get my wedding ring off my finger because I fear it was swelling up and that could cause other damage. And eventually the doctor says we have to cut it off. Thankfully it was the ring, not the finger he was talking about. 
Because for one moment I thought, is that my finger you're talking about? It was not yet. Okay. Because the reality is, that was one part of the body. I knew it was preaching this. I'm not saying God made that happen to help me get an empathy, okay? If that was the case, I'd be talking about going on holiday to a millionaire's paradise the next year. But the reality is, my left pain was in agony. My left wrist, sorry, was in agony. But it wasn't just affecting my left wrist. My whole body was suffering because of it. My whole body was in pain. And what you found is, when my left wrist was in agony, my right hand was holding it to try and help it and protect it. Also, my right hand had to start doing things that my left hand normally does, like un- bottle, unscrewing water bottles. It's quite awkward to your right hand. I don't know how you do it, but it's always my left hand. Or putting toothpaste on a toothbrush. I'm to use my right hand because the pain in my left hand was too excruciating. You know, there's a lesson we can learn there. For us, we are part of the body. And if one part is suffering, we all have to step up and help. And Paul goes on, it's about being part of something, but it's also protecting. Care is protecting. As in the natural body, so in a spiritual body, some parts are more evident than others. And it's true in a church setting. Pastors, leaders, platform people are more evident and more uh, in view than others. But Paul teaches that all the parts need the same care. The parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts, parts that should not be seen. Paul is teaching us we are part of a partnership, but that caring has to be protecting. Our care is protecting other parts. My right wrist was protecting my left wrist from further pain and having to do things. We don't think of our bodies so much in this context of the hidden parts are more important. You know, we can take a great bit of care on what is evident, what is seen, the way we look. Some people spend a fortune on how they look. And sometimes two things in church life, what's important in an caring context here is the Sunday service in many ways is your face and what we show to the world. But it's what goes on between the Sundays which needs more attention in the care aspect of our church. And when you say care, it's not just a Sunday. And here is the point. What happens to our outward appearance, the damage or whatever the injuries we get, normally are not life-threatening. But what goes on when we're inside that nobody sees are the ones which can cause more damage. Those are the life things. So we spend a lot of time in what we put out naturally in the public. You know, but it's what goes on behind the scenes that nobody sees, a little see. They're the things that can kill and damage and bring ill health into our bodies. So caring in this context and strengthening our care is not about what is visible on a Sunday or what's out there, but on a day-to-day basis, what goes on behind the scenes that hardly to see, we need to spend more time caring. The unseen parts which need the most care in our lives. Paul's saying we need to protect the body. 
we need to have spiritual body care, though other shops are available. But we need to have spiritual body care and look after each member's of the body. How do we protect by our language? You know, the way we speak is so powerful. Death and life from the power of the tongue. When you or I are criticizing someone else in the church, you know what we're doing? We're criticizing ourselves because we are part of the same body. If you're pulling somebody down, if you're gossiping, if you're talking behind the back, if you're pulling and criticizing, all you're doing is self-harming because you're part of that body. We need to be people who encourage, speak life, speak encouragement, build up. That's not to say we don't correct when it's wrong, but we need to be a people who are with our tongues, protecting the body, not harming the bodies. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words can cause far more serious damage than any sticks or stones that hurt us. By our language, we need to protect one another. By our attitude, an attitude of humility, not self-focusing, but focusing on others. The parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. Listen, I realize we've all got favorites in church life. Let's be realistic. There's nothing wrong with that. We get on better with some people than we do with others. We're friends with others, and it's easy for us to protect those who we're friends with but we need to have a broader outlook and care for those that maybe rub us up the wrong way a little bit. Favoritism can cause division. If you look in the early church, one of the biggest problems that came to it in Acts 6, we read, the believers, as they were rapidly multiplying, there were rumblings of discontent in church. Never. Okay. This is a church in growth, the experience of the power of God, the life of God, the growth of God, and there was a problem. Here's what it was. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. I.e., you're showing favoritism to those. They're getting. You're looking after those. You're caring for those more than you're caring for those. They came to a solution and they went over it. But it's been the same ever since that we can care for some and not for others. This morning, I'm just trying to encourage us to protect by our words, by our actions, by our attitudes, by looking out for one another, by doing things for one another, by praying for one another, to care for everyone. You know, like we did at the start of COVID. Remember the things we did at the start of COVID? Remember the phone calls we made, remember the caring. Remember, sometimes I was so encouraged, I phoned some people and other people already phoned them. Or other people are gone and done shopping for them. That's just an example of how we can slide. But let's try and be more caring and look out for one another again. More effort has to go on what goes on behind the scenes than what we see up front. And then there's priorities. We have to a tendency to prioritize our friends or to look to leaders and prominent people and honor them and respect them. And I'm thankful for that. And the Bible teaches we should do that. Please hear me right. But our caring for people or protection of the body has to go further. It has to be stretched and strengthened. We have to be stretched in our caring. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care, we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. 
God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Verse 25 is the key. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for one another. All the members care, not for few, but for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. One part's honored, all the parts are glad. My experience and my personal experience, confession time, sometimes I find it easy to empathize with those suffering than those being honored. Sometimes we think, oh, why is it not me and not them? But the reality is we're called to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep, but encourage everyone, protect everyone, care for everyone. The goal is everyone is cared for. Special attention to those who are struggling, who are vulnerable, the ones that maybe don't get the prominence, but we need to look out for the vulnerable. If we look at the life of Jesus, he spent much of his time with the ones that nobody else was interested in. The lepers, the outcasts, the ones that nobody wanted anything to do. It was criticized in many ways for it. But he reached out to the vulnerable. Those that didn't have the high positions, those who weren't in prominence, those who didn't get honored, those who were struggling, those who were rejected by the world, those who were not cared for. Jesus was at his best dealing with those people because he cared. Summary. Quick message today. All of us together are Christ's body. You're part of the body of Christ. And let me say, for all its flaws, for all its failings, the church of Jesus Christ is the greatest thing on planet Earth. I really believe the church is the greatest thing on planet Earth. Okay, listen, what other group of people so diverse could come together in one place for such a thing? Listen, the only way that most of us would come together is because of Jesus. There's different ages, different views, different opinions, different talents, different interests. You've got a lot of clubs and societies and interests, but it's the same people who tend to be drawn to them. But the church of Jesus Christ is so inclusive and it's so connected by such a diverse group of people. It's incredible. But listen, I think it has been said before that local church is a hope for the world, but the greatest church, even with its failings, even with its fallings, I want to tell you, I love the local church. I believe in the church of Jesus. I believe in the local church. I believe it's fantastic. I believe it's awesome. I think it's incredible. I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. I think it's just so exciting to be part of something which is so vibrant, so exciting, something that can change the world, something that can make a difference in the world, something that's made up of people that I probably wouldn't even like if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And I know most of you wouldn't like me if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. I want us to talk up and I want us to care and look after and strengthen the care of the church. All of us have that responsibility to care for one another, to protect one another, and prioritize those who are suffering the most and need the care the most. Pray that God shows you how you can care more and who you can care more for. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, I am closing in summary. Cain killed his brother Abel. If you don't know your Bible, it's because of a church, if you like, you can bring it into. They both gave an offering. God accepted Abel's offering, 
but he didn't accept Cain's offering because of an attitude issue. I'm not going through the theology of it all, but the reality is Abel was given to God and the best he could. Cain came with a wrong attitude. And God accepted Abel's offering, but not Cain's. Cain was a bit huffed about that. Well, more than a bit huffed, he killed his brother, okay, about it. It's a bit extreme, okay? That's what happened to him. Then God came to Cain and says, where's your brother? Now, you have to realize, when God asks you a question, he already knows the answer, okay? He's not asking for the answer. He's asking you to bring you to a place of revelation and realization and response to the question. Cain's response was this, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian, my brother's keeper? Another version, am I responsible for the welfare of my brother? One version says this, how should I know? He answered, am I supposed to look after my brother? You know, the implication was, yes, you are supposed to look after your brother. We all have to look after our brother. We all have to take personal responsibility for our own attitudes and actions. It wasn't Abel's, it wasn't Abel's fault that God rejected Cain's offering. He just took out his heart, his frustration, his whatever, but it wasn't Abel's fault. Cain should have taken personal responsibility, but even after it, he did have a responsibility for his brother. The truth, God could have said, yes, you are responsible. I believe he says that to us. Jesus said this, this is how people will know that you're my disciples. Because you have a great singing voice, because your worship's great, because you preach the word, because you're a good guy. No, because you love one another. This is how the world will look and see their guys are different. Because they love one another. They care for one another. They've got love for one another. Jesus said, that's how they'll know that you're my disciples. Your love for one another, the NLT version says, will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another, because you love enough to care, that will show the world that you belong to Jesus Christ. Listen, have you ever been part of a group or a football team when somebody's not playing their part? If you're in part, it could be a work setting, it could be a football setting, it could be any kind of setting, and someday in the team's not playing their part. How does that make you feel? Let you and I not be that person who causes other people to feel like that. Because we've all got a part to play in this partnership of the church. Play your part in this partnership. Let's be people who protect one another, who prioritize those who need the care, not just the friends, not just the ones we get along with. Let's be a church where everyone is being cared for because it's what's going on behind the scenes which determines the health of our church. I love our Sunday services. I love, in a sense, the presence of God was here earlier. I love what we do when we come together and it's a great celebration. But church is more than a Sunday morning. And part of our strengthening this year is to make sure that we're caring behind the scenes more than we've ever cared before. Every one of us has to take some responsibility for that. The band are going to come up and finish with a song after Kerry gives us some idea of what's happening this week. And it's great the toilets are getting done or the bathrooms are getting done this week. Okay. 
That's us protecting the parts that shouldn't be seen in the body, but we're not going to go there. Okay? But I don't want just to be a talking shop where we talk about caring. I want us to be a church who does care. We do care. I've said that before. We do care. But if each one of us just cared a little bit more, looked out for somebody, made a decision to visit, to do stuff for somebody, to protect them from the struggling, it would just increase incrementally, quite significantly, the care in our church. You know why we do it? Because he cares for us. Father God, I pray that we will be a church, Lord, and we will be people, individuals, part of the partnership. Father, what a privilege to be part of the church of Jesus Christ. Father, you, you've paid the price through your son to get us and to be part of this great, 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 dynamic, living being. Lord, help us to take our responsibilities seriously as part of this partnership of the body to care by protecting the vulnerable around us, by honouring everyone else and doing our part. Lord, help us to be switched on and sensitive to the needs around us. Help us to care. Because thank you, Father, that you care for us. Even we don't deserve the care, you care for us. Help us to become like you. And Father, let it be said of your life press week here that people will know that we're your disciples because we love one another. Amen.